0: In the 38 years since, the United States has won four World Cup titles and four Olympic gold medals, making it one of the most successful national teams for the Americans. Those premier teams get a lot of love, but the 85ers, as they're known, have not.
1: It wanted to be the world governing body of
0: the sport, and yet it didn't wanna recognize women's football. This has been a long, long journey a story with many, many chapters. And it goes back long before this last year, long before 1999. And so I think the only place to start is by recognizing the very first U.S. Women's National Team in 1985.
1: Welcome to a new series of Flame Bears, special edition U.S. Women's Soccer Originals. Celebrating the first U.S. women's national soccer team. I'm your host, Jamie, and I am beyond excited to be co hosting this season with FIFA Player of the Century, Michelle Akers. Hey, team! In this series, we'll hear from the infamous 85ers. They blazed a trail at a time when women's soccer wasn't an Olympic sport and the Women's World
0: Cup didn't even exist. We get to celebrate these badass originals who I am so proud to call myself a teammate of. These icons you don't know yet, but we're changing that. They're players who came
1: from all over the country, some on scholarships, others playing different college sports because women's soccer didn't even exist at the time, setting the foundation for what is now the biggest event in women's soccer this summer. Their stories have never been told until now. Now let's kick it off to today's episode. Stacey Enos is one of the original Tar Heels to blaze the trail to the U.S. Women's National Team. In fact, she was actually the first Tar Heel to earn a cap for the U.S. National Team. She was the 85-er responsible for the recent reunion of this 85 team. The first gathering since the team last played together 38 years ago. Here she is.
2: My name is Stacy Enos, and uh, I am a member of the 1985
1: U.S. Women's
2: National Team.
1: Stacy, what was soccer like for you growing up?
2: I grew up in Florida. You know, it was uh, the time where there wasn't really organized sports for young girls. Soccer was a great entertainment. You know, you just needed a ball and you needed your your friends. And it was uh, what happened on the playground. So we played a lot of soccer.
1: Stacy, for those who aren't familiar with the 85ers, why should they care? Help us
2: understand. The history of U.S. women's soccer started with us. We were the founders and we represented the country. Uh, you know, the Italians gave us this wonderful message, this chant that has lasted and carried on with USA. And just that welcoming, and the fact that we accepted their welcome as uh, part of our history, I think is is one, just this indelible mark that should be, uh, that story, I'm, we're sharing it now, but uh, really needs to be told. I feel so much pride. I remember the first national anthem and being on the field and, you know, just singing the national anthem. And as the anthem was fading, the Italians were chanting, Usa, Usa, Usa. And they never, they didn't stop. The game, the whistle blew. They were chanting, and it was just uplifting. It was obviously very emotional, and uh, just we were embedded. That was the moment where it was like, this is a world game. We're on the stage, and we're here to play.
1: We wanted to get another take on this story, so we sat down with Stacy's wife
3: and son. I'm Gabriel. I'm Stacy's son. I'm Annie, Stacy's wife. So, the USA story... (laughs) in Italy.
2: They got off the plane in Italy, which was their first international, well, it was their first match, and the Italians had never seen a women's team, and so when they got off, they all thought the Italians were booing them, but actually they were saying USA. And so that became a huge chant, and they still do it today.
3: The team, I think just that they connected really quickly and kind of had to. They weren't sure what they were in for and they figured it out and you can see the thread like meeting them now the thread of kind of high intensity and joy and the willingness to just be try something be a pioneer they had to kind of have that stacy tell us about nashville
1: you just put together this incredible weekend
2: Yeah, wonderful, wonderful celebration. You know, it started out as an opportunity to honor our teammates and to celebrate each other. And next thing I know, we weren't expecting the feedback and the participation that ended up happening, but it came together and uh, just so, just really just a special weekend to have 11 of us all in one place for the first time in 38 years. It was pretty incredible.
0: Well, especially too, I thought it was um, extra poignant, like very cool that you were, uh, you're an owner of Asheville City, right? And you're bringing the 85 team in to the club that you're part owner of and have been building for for years and hosting us there um, in your town with your club. And it was, that was so cool, you know, Because there's not very many female owners, let alone us, uh, oldster 85ers owning teams and, and setting kind of the standard and pathway, you know, for youngsters, but also sharing the influence and experience that we have. And so I I thought it was incredibly cool to have it at your place and have you initiate and uh, as always leading the way as you always have, it seems it's cool.
2: Yeah, thank you.
0: What would you say has changed? So obviously,
1: you know, you played together, you were the original national team. What's changed in terms of players, in terms of your teammates? Was it the same dynamic? Was was it really similar? You haven't seen each other in literally 38 years. I feel
2: like we almost just picked up where we left off. You know, we have this text thread going, we're getting, you know, it beeps every day now a few times a day. and.
0: it's really been
2: fun um it feels like we did something we we did something really special and just acknowledging it and having it be acknowledged that we're we're a part of the u.s women's national team and for whatever reason we haven't been identified our names haven't been attached to a photo and you know just the effort to find out who we are so um I really feel like, and not not trying to put any like point fingers, but let's get some information forward. Let's make sure people understand the real
1: history. I think a lot of people aren't super familiar with the paper teams. To be honest, I learned about this when I was in Asheville with you all. So for those who don't know what you're talking about, what are paper teams?
2: yeah you know i think it was uh u.s soccer had you know uh, and i don't know the the premise of who really you know started the list but there was on paper a u.s national team and i don't know if everybody who was on the list was privy that they were part of this paper team so to my knowledge i was never on I was never on that list and it wasn't until the sports festival in Baton Rouge when it came together and we were told go home for the weekend, pack your bags and
1: we're heading to Italy, you know, so it was it was a whirlwind. I, that's just so totally different than how it is today. I know we, we chatted a, a little bit about this when we were in Asheville, but what has stayed the same between the, the national team today and, and, and your national team? And, and also what's changed between the two national teams?
2: You know, in the beginning, you know, I don't know. I doubt teams go experience the kind of intensity of being at a tournament for two weeks and 100% heat and humidity and then um, really no break or rest period and you move right into another tournament. Michelle, and you can elaborate on that. I think it's, you know, there's a little more scheduling and gaps and it's it's obviously well well constructed and well conceived and you know, so that that's probably the biggest thing. I don't have the insight that Acres has into all the changes cuz even in 91 you guys when you were traveling through China and different things, it's not not like you're always given yeah. the best circumstances to be at the top of your game. So, I think we were we were held accountable for our own everything, like just being ready, being game ready, being able to get from A to B. And so that that was that's probably the biggest change. You know, we don't have the resources. And for me, '85 was basically my senior year. So it was up to me to try to stay fit and healthy. And and I stayed on campus and and unfortunately I broke my leg in the beginning of 1987.
0: So, and no contracts, nothing. Yeah, nothing to get back. There was um, some per diem. I think we got a pair of shoes and, you know, flights and hotel and thanks for coming basically. And then, you know, it really didn't change much either. Through up through uh, that up through '95, it really didn't change much. We still uh, were, you know, games every other day or or back to back games or training camp, a week training camp, and then you you launch into a tournament somewhere. Um, so it with with zero money and uh, so that it, it didn't change much until that '95 tournament that World Cup. We lost and then the team went on strike to get better better conditions to play under right so it took that long and we're and now you know they the team travels with uh their own jet and all kinds of stuff that is totally in contrast to the 91 world cup which we were on a 52 hour trip around the world trying to get home in coach class so it's thank god it's changed but it's I, I always think, Enos, that the, the ones who kick things off, who start things off, like are, they're the ones who are experiencing everything for the first time, building the, what needs to be fixed as you're, as you're experiencing it and then also performing. And, and I wonder, like, how amazing it would be to just, like, walk, walk into something that is set up for you to succeed. And all you have to do is apply yourself. I mean, do you, do you ever think about that? you like, what that would have been like? Oh, uh, yes.
2: You know, and that's what Asheville city soccer club is about for myself and Megan Burke and Lydia Vandenberg is we've all played at different levels. And, um, We've all been there, you know, Megan talks about showing up for a game and the other team's not there. Lydia used to have to hitchhike in Brazil to get to (laughs) practice. And, you know, she's, you know, we've all, they played in the pro leagues and different leagues. And even then the conditions just, you know, and we're not perfect, but but we do have a standard that we want to make sure uh, our players are treated with equity and fairness and that we have things in place and put out a quality product and and give these players a chance to succeed and to know what respect looks like,
1: really, you know? Well, what what have you been up to since that 85 team? You know, I imagine for, for you and so many of your teammates, the idea of, you know, having this be your career, your profession, I know you went on and had a whole nother profession. Tell, tell us about it. <laughs>
2: right, well, after, uh, college I I felt a little lost I definitely wanted to get back into the national team but didn't quite know how to do it you know there wasn't really a pathway and I also you know just needed to figure out who I was and so I stepped away from the game for a while and then got back into it I was living out west in Utah and had a chance to coach and realized I missed it and so I found myself coaching again. Got into the youth, then got into college soccer. I was the assistant at Seattle University. And then I was started a program. I started Utah State University, and then I had the chance to come back to Asheville and work at a small college, Warren Wilson College, and um, decided to take that. I needed to get back east for personal reasons, family. So I was the head coach and athletic director for 16 years and then had the opportunity to move into to Asheville City Soccer Club and now I sell real estate as well so it's a good job that gives me some flexibility to kinda make it all work you know and 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 as Michelle is saying you know trying to create this path for the next generations is really important and we have a academy team and it's just important it's important to Keep the game simple, keep opportunity in front of the youth. And the U.S. has got to keep evolving as as a soccer nation. And uh, we got to keep winning World Cups and championships.
1: Stacy, before we wrap up, if you could look back and tell your younger self one thing, what would you say?
2: Oh, just really proud of you. Um, you've done a great job. Uh, there was never, there wasn't a path forward. And I always tell myself, you know, you weren't afraid to get off the sideline and get into the game and insert yourself. And you took challenges. And I'm really proud of you for taking those challenges on.
1: We asked Annie and Gabriel why people should hear Stacy's story.
2: Well, they need some recognition because they started the huge chain reaction that's still huge today
3: yeah i've been thinking a lot about that too just i think um any great thing has a start and we don't tell those stories as much because maybe they don't have as much glitter around them initially and then you realize like wow they had to they had to take the hardest steps which were the first ones and they were underestimated and not given a lot of respect so i think there's they made it possible for what came after.
1: Thanks for tuning into Flame Bears. Massive thank you to my amazing co-host, Michelle Akers, and to our guest today, Stacy Enos. If you would like to write a letter or send a video to Stacy expressing your gratitude to her or the original 1985 team, we would love to hear from you. Please send it to Marissa P at marissap.flamebears.com. That's M-A-R-I-S-S-A-P, as in potter, at flamebears.com. If you're looking for more behind the scenes content, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn on Flame Bears. We'll catch you on our next episode.